This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I'm so glad you're joining us today. This is your host, Tim Link, and joining us uh, for our show today is authors Candace Fleming and illustrator Eric Roman. Talk to us about their uh, latest book, Strong Heart. Wonder Dog of the Silver Screen. So we're going to be real interested to find out more about the book and the concept and all the wonderful illustrations inside of the book, as well as a little bit about the uh, the writing styles and the whole creative process when you're, you're partnering together to uh, to write a book as well as put the illustrations together. So it'll be fun and interesting to learn about that, those techniques and their hidden secrets on how they go about doing it. So it's going to be a fun and exciting show today. Everybody hang tight. We're going to come back right after these commercial breaks. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. You know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster? Yeah, we've got you covered. Introducing World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. Zero Mess combines the concentrated power of corn with super-absorbent plant fibers. Translation, scoop once and you're done. Find it at a pet store near you and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is Tim Link, your host for tonight and always on this show. Uh, super excited uh, today to have the author of Strongheart, Wonder Dog of the Silver Screen, Candace Fleming, and uh, illustrator extraordinaire Eric Roman to talk to us a little bit about the book. So, Candace, Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Well, congratulations on a another successful book. I love the cover design. I love the illustrations right off the bat. The topic is spot on as well. So start with Candace first. Tell us a little bit about the book and uh, the concept behind it, how you came about the creation of uh, wanting to, to put this uh, in writing. Well, I found the, you know, I ran across the story of, of Strongheart. I ran across, oh, about four sentences. And it was um, in a book I was reading about Rin Tin Tin. And they mentioned that Rin Tin Tin was not the first and that Strongheart had been the first. But I think there was maybe four or five sentences entirely about him. And I, I was curious. So I went and did a little bit of research, some initial research, and discovered that there's nothing out there about him. <laughs> And so, you know, that led one thing led to another. I ended up reading a lot of old New York Times and a lot of old silver screen magazines from the 1920s to sort of put together his story since no one had really written it. Initially, I thought I was going to write it as a piece of nonfiction, but what I quickly discovered was that there are big holes in in his history. And because I am writing for a younger audience, it made more sense to actually fictionalize it. So it's based on the true story, but some of the events are are fictionalized. I found it real interesting because it, you know I read the title obviously and it struck a chord. And then of course you see the uh, the beautiful illustration that uh, Eric that you put together of Strong Heart. He's a beautiful uh, German Shepherd, obviously, mm-hmm. and so that does ring back to Rent and Ten. But I'm not familiar with the story of Strong Heart, and just like as you eloquently put it, it's something that people don't really know about. Yeah, it's a definitely a lost piece of history, and I felt, as a dog lover anyway, I felt a little indignant that he'd been the first, and, you know, Rin Tin Tin and his owner actually, you know, kind of 
carried the wave of German Shepherd popularity, but it was Strongheart that was the popular German Shepherd. The German Shepherd becomes the most popular dog in the United States, not because of Rin Tin Tin, but because of Strongheart. And when, you know, when Strongheart, when uh, Larry Trimble, the director, you know, had this idea and introduced Strongheart to a movie-going audience in the early 1920s, there were very few German Shepherds in the United States. Right. And, and within 10 years, I forget the exact numbers, but they're something like from 300 German Shepherds to 30,000 German Shepherds. Wild became a wildly popular uh, breed, and that's because Strongheart was such a popular movie star. Yeah, the number one box office draw. For what, Eric, seven years? Yeah. I think he was, man, number one box office draw. I mean, people thought of him as an actor. That's how they they talked about him in reviews and other articles say it, you know, as like a great actor, not a dog. In fact, he was the whole idea, the whole concept of having a dog star. You know, we think of it's kind of common, Lassie, Rin Tin Tin, but it wasn't. Strongheart was, was the first. He's the first one. You had dogs in movies then, of oh, course. comedy roles, right, like with Charlie yeah. Chaplin. And, right. Yeah. right. That's mm-hmm. a, sort of a dog doing something silly, but the idea of a dog carrying the movie, the dog being the emotional center of a film, you know. Yeah, the script being written for the dog. When Larry Trimble, you know, suggested this, my guess is they probably looked at him and said, that's kind of ridiculous. You you know, you want us to spend money to make a dog a star. And uh, he was smart enough and forward thinking enough to know that his audience would want to see something like that. That's fascinating. And I also find it very fascinating that sort of the trend continues in the fact that even dating back to here, that here we're talking about the 1920s, you know, the early, early part of the century, mm-hmm. a dog that was not known all of a sudden becomes a movie star. Now everybody wants to have that breed. And we sort of see that trending now whenever there's a hit TV show or a hit movie come out. All of a sudden, that's the, you know, the dog flavor of the day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. 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 And again, you know, he becomes, he's sort of the first in the sense of dogs that have a fan base, you know, that he really is the very first. He even has a dog food named after him, which I think is still around, Strongheart Dog Food. Is this, uh, did that, you know, it's funny because that was the, the second part of when I saw the title and saw the picture, you know, obviously the, the correlation with Ren Tin Tin. But I remember that. I, rem- I don't remember seeing it on the shelves lately. I don't know if it's a brand that, that I would ever consider feeding my dogs. Yeah. No offense to the Strongheart manufacturers if they're still out there today. But, yeah, I do recall that. I do recall his uh, brilliant face on the, uh, the front of the right. can of food. Mm-hmm. So that right. that is fast. Yeah. And think of the timing as well. You have this breed of dog that's between the two world wars that involved Germany. And so there was just this timing that was, you know, it was mm-hmm. 1920 and the dog became really popular. And it's still, I, I think I had read something recently that it's, it's moved back into the top three as a popular breed of dog, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, it, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. It's sustained itself. I grew up when I was a boy, we had German Shepherds at home. 
So, you know, it's a breed that I'm familiar with. And so when I got a chance, when Candy started writing the, the manuscript and said, you know, would you be interested in doing something with this? And, you know, I, I, of course I was because, you know, I had that childhood tie in as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Candace, you talked about how you found out about this, wanted to do a, a nonfiction book to really get to the heart of the matter, who is strong heart and how do we you know, bring this history out. But then it switched over, not only because of your audience for this particular book, as young adults, but also just uh, trying to dig up the history behind it. Walk us through that process. I mean, uh, was it something at some point you just said, hey, look, I'm not going to have enough meat on this bone to write something uh, that would... That's, uh, uh, great. <laughs> no pun intended. No, no meat on this bone, which is, which is exactly what the problem was. I had a lot of information. I had a lot of, like I said, I read a lot of old... I had to go back to so like silver screen magazines and read a lot of that. But they're they're sort of silly in the way they were written in the 1920s. Probably still are now. I just don't read them. But they are pretty silly in the fact that they actually would interview the dog, right? <laughs> or they'd take pictures of of Strongheart and Mrs. Strongheart, his partner, or the or the puppies. And they would interview them and write about them as if they were people. Talk about their trip to New York and how they stayed at the McAlpin Hotel the, in the presidential suite and went to restaurants where they actually popped up at the tables at the on chairs at the in the restaurant and the waiters tied napkins around the necks and then they ordered steak. I'm you know, thinking somebody ordered steak, but probably not Strongheart. <laughs> um, but they actually ate in the restaurant. I mean, you know, so they talked about them in ways that didn't really help the kind of research that I was trying to do. And it has suddenly occurred to me that if I was really, I mean, if the goal was for people to know about this amazing dog, I was going to have to fill in the those places with my imagination, those places where I didn't have a clue what was going on in the story. The story, the book itself, is based as closely as I can to fact, but I really don't know like what Larry Trumbull actually said to Strongheart. I don't really know what Jane Murphan, his the screenwriter, and Larry said to each other. I know they did have a romance. Eventually, they got married. So, I mean, a lot of it is true. I think the the murkiest part of the entire story is the family that attempted to extort the dog and the dog's owner by claiming that he actually ate their child, which was ridiculous, and the child proved to be completely unharmed. We know that there was a trial. I'm not real sure what happened at that trial. We know that somehow they discovered that the family you know, was perjuring themselves, but I'm not entirely sure how that happened. And so after a while, I realized I probably wasn't going to find that information. And for me to write a piece of nonfiction that said, we're not sure exactly what happened, was not going to satisfy my readers. And and in fact, it didn't satisfy me in, in terms of storytelling. So, you know, like I said, I went and filled in those gaps with my imagination um, the best that I could and as close to reliable as it possibly can. But you also extended Strongheart's movie persona to the offset parts of the off the movie set parts of the of the storytelling. Right. And there's a, a scene, I'm not gonna give anything away, but there's a scene in the courtroom where his acting skills come into play. Mm-hmm. So when I first read it I was delighted by that kind of crossover where the one we see in the few bits of film that still exist, the strong heart that we see is the strong heart you will see in Candy's telling. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's fascinating. That's fantastic. So tell us, Eric, a little bit about the the illustrations inside of the book uh, and that whole process. Uh, you know, do you guys work as a tag team along the way while you're putting this together, or is it more of you know, Candy, you put together the book and then you fill in the illustrations on the back end? Eric, tell us a little bit about that whole process. I wrote the manuscript. And I wasn't sure if Eric, I mean, Eric and I have worked on other things before, but we don't always work together. When I initially, when I initially wrote it, I wasn't sure he was actually going to come on board. And yet I kept talking to him about how I envisioned it as being, it is a novel, but I envisioned it as being heavily illustrated and in places, the art taking the place of the text. In place of the text, you would have art, mostly because it is a book about a dog in the silent screen. And so a lot of that is pure action, right? Silent screen actor. And that's how I envisioned it. And when I sent it to my editor, she didn't quite see what I was after. But Eric did because I'd been talking about it with him for, you know, a good year that I'd been working on it. And so initially he said, well, here's what I'll do. Let me sketch out a few things to make clear to her. Let me sketch out what it is that you're saying just so you can make it clear to her how you envision the book. And then, of course, as soon as he sketched out a few things, well, you know, everybody wanted him to do it. I wanted him to do it. The editor wanted to do it, him to do it. And I think, actually, he wanted to do it, too. Like you said earlier, he had that real connection with German Shepherds from his own childhood. So, And I had this idea that, like Candy said, that let's say we're talking about a she's writing about getting ready for a scene that takes place on a movie set and she would write up to the point where the scene started and then I would use illustrations to show that particular scene. So you would not only have this written story, but you would have the visual story. And the more I, when I finally got the manuscript, the more I looked at it, you know, she had a, a lot of descriptive, very emotional storytelling there. And in a way, I changed the way I was going to make the pictures. If you look at it now, not all the pictures have, in fact, most don't have a lot of background. So what I tried to do is show Strongheart the dog relating to a person or another dog and try to show the emotion that the dog had so that without a lot of description or anything else in the background so that the words that Candy had written and my picture could be seen together but not saying the same thing. So there's a scene where they're on a mountain and, you know, there's a a, a rescue about to ensue. And instead of putting all the descriptive images of Strongheart rescuing and that sort of thing, I just showed Strongheart before he actually went and did it and let Andy's writing describe what was going to happen next. So it was a, you know, a really delicate balance trying to find a way to illustrate without being too loud, without overwhelming the words, or worse even, saying the same thing the words say. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Very good. And of course, they're black and white for the obvious reason. I tried to soften them a little. Uh, The illustrations aren't really kind of hard-edged. You know, I tried to find particular poses of viewpoints that would feel like they might have been shot with a, a camera in the 1920s. So um, all of that, Candy says she did a lot of research. I looked at lots of pictures of films from that time, mostly from the photo play magazines that Candy was actually <laughs> the reading. The Screen Digest yeah. Yeah. photo play magazine. Yeah. Fun to read, but yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes through loud and clear, Eric. I mean, that's one of the things I loved about the illustrations is the fact that it's, you know, it's it matches the black and white theme of the silver screen. They look like almost beautiful standalone uh, charcoal design, something I would take it one off and, and put in a frame somewhere. So I think it did an excellent yeah, it job. It was really essential. I mean, like it is in, yeah, I mean, this is true of any any illustrated book you do it's absolutely essential that that you get the feeling that the character has so that when your young reader or your old reader i suppose comes upon that animal the words they've been reading suggests an emotion and if your illustration doesn't carry that over and in some ways magnify it then i think you've failed so often we see illustrations that are you know the words are say something and then it's sort of a kind of looks like kind of a generic animal and uh, what i tried to do is is in my pictures give the same emotion that candy gave strongheart in words all right well listen we're going to come to a commercial break here real quick and once we uh finish that we'll come back talk a little bit more with uh, candace fleming and eric raman about the uh, book strongheart wonder dog of the silver screen want to talk to a little more about the whole writing process as well so everybody just hang tight you're listening to animal rights on pet life radio sit stay we'll be right back after a short pause well four to be exact Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Continue our conversation with uh, Candace Fleming and Eric Roman to uh, talk to them about their latest book, Strongheart, Wonder Dog of the Silver Screen. So, guys, walk us through that process of... uh, and timeline, I guess, as far as when the idea popped in your mind, Candace, of putting this together, attach that with all the research that goes into it and the shifts and changes you have to do there, Eric getting involved with the uh, illustration part of it. Is there a particular flow to how this works? Is there a lot of back and forth and timing? How long does it take to put together a masterpiece like this? You know, this is a terrible answer, but it's, it's sort of every book takes its own time. And sometimes it's a speedier journey. Strongheart was not, I think, the fastest journey. I had this idea years ago, and like I said, I couldn't find the information, and I had other projects I was working on. And so, you know, for me, it was probably, oh, probably two years from the time I got the initial idea to the time I finished the manuscript. Eric, I think, had a much harder time because he had so many paintings that he had to do for the book. I guess I'm speaking for him, but but for us, you know, it's not much of a give or take. We'll discuss, like, if we need words that we need descriptions removed because we no longer need them because the art is doing that job. So we will do that, go back and forth, what makes the best story. But really, pretty much when I'm done with the manuscript, my job is pretty much done. I hand it to Eric, and he, he gets to work. 
Would you agree with that, Eric? Yeah, and I think that, you know, and I'll talk for you now, that when Candy comes up with an idea for a book, you know, there's that initial excitement about it. There's something, because you're constantly coming up with ideas for books, but Uh there's something that sticks, something that snags you, and Strongheart did. And, you know, what makes... Candy's so good at what she does is that she may start with an idea about what this book is going to be about, but what she does is she lets the research and the story find its own way. So it may be, you may think it's going to start off being about one thing and it finds its way another way. And of course, that takes time. But that's the way you want to do it because the story kind of has has a way it wants to be told. And if she would have tried to force it into a piece of nonfiction, it wouldn't have done it. Well, I get the manuscript from her and, you know, I read the first, when I had read the first maybe uh, 10 pages, I have images pop into my head. And that's where I sort of got that idea that, well, maybe there's, you know, there's some gaps in this that I can fill in uh, with illustrations. And what I mean by that is you have something that would work if it was written, and then uh, just if it was written, but then the illustrations somehow say something slightly different. So when you put the two together, they become something better, something more. And, uh, you know, that's always difficult to do. And and I took on this project. I think there are, what, 70 maybe paintings in the book. And that's just a sheer a lot of things to, to paint and, and try to get right. And I thought that was fascinating as well, because looking at a lot of uh, books there, you know, this is perfect for adults as well as young adults. But it's, you know, as you said, Candace, uh, geared towards young adults. This is a pretty hefty book. You know, 200 and some pages, a lot of great illustrations, a lot of great verbiage in here. I mean, this is not uh, your typical one-and-done quick book. And especially when I look at a lot of um, young adult books, it's either very heavily laden with the manuscript and with some nice sketches and designs, illustrations Mm -hmm. that go along with it, or it's the opposite way around. You know, maybe maybe the author didn't have a lot to, to write and, you know, putting the, the crux on the uh, illustrator to put together. But this has real, what I call real, we'll use another dog metaphor here, a real meaty uh, type of uh, a book for someone to read. That You know, that I think that was the goal. I mean, I know that was the goal was, maybe that was so good to say, so, oh, the story to really chew on. Oh, my gosh, you're really going back here. But, Staying out of it. But, yeah, Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but that's exactly, that's exactly it. I, you know, I really wanted to do Strong Heart proud, I guess, so to speak. Like I said, I was, was once I discovered a story, I was, you know, I was passionate to like return him to the historical record. I just really wanted people to know about him. And what better people to know than younger readers? Because they'll they'll read him and they'll take him to heart and they'll carry him for the rest of their life. They will always know about Strongheart, which is one of the reasons I love to write for young readers is those books, if they love them, become part of their, their life. And so part of my, my biggest passion was to bring him back to the historical record, bring it back to people's memories. So the writing of it, and I know Eric felt the same way, that the illustrating of it was really important. We really wanted to give them a story that made them think, that made them care, that delighted them, try to do, you know, trying to do all those things. 
And I think at the end of the day, I think it does that. I think it's a really delightful story about a dog, a true story about a movie star dog, which we don't often see. But I think the bigger issue is about a dog needing a home and a dog needing the best kind of home. That is where people love him and he has a family. And in this case, in true, the true story of Strongheart and in the book as well, he's a dog that's rehabilitated by love. Um, he starts out as a dog that was well-loved with his family, is taken by the German police force and turned into a fierce guard dog that doesn't know how to play, doesn't know how to give or or accept love on any level, and how Larry Tremble finds him and rehabilitates him, not just makes him a movie star, but makes him a well-loved dog, makes him a dog, a happy dog. And that's a meaty story, you know, and it just has to be. And it's also an old-fashioned story, and I don't mean that in any negative or pejorative way. You know, there are always, in the the world of children's books, there are always dog stories. It's one of those things that kids are always going to want to read about. Less so maybe today, and what's great about it is the story is it has all those levels of heart, but it's also an adventure story. And to think that you can combine a dog story and a story about how one person can make a difference and how a dog in a dog's life and how one dog can make a difference in a lot of people's lives. And then also have a nice uh, adventurous romp at the same time was a really great thing to take on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so the book is, you know, the story is very well suited to bring back to the silver screen as well, I would think. Well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. We would, well, we, yeah. would, we would like to see that definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know Hollywood, it's a lot easier to uh, remake or rebadge something than to come up with original ideas. So I think you may That's have done true. half the work That's from. <laughs> no yeah, offense for anybody out there in so Hollywood. Yeah, it's so funny, but I never considered that. But, you know, it's exactly right. And I think that says something about the story, that it's visual enough, that it's uh, active enough. And I think that what you just said is a, a real compliment to Candy's writing and pacing that uh, you can, when kind of when you close your eyes and think about cinema, you can see this as being a story. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll be watching out for that. Just let me know. In some- <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope Disney's listening. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show uh, today, but where can people find out more about everything you guys have going on with this book as well as other things? Where are the best ways for the people to reach you and uh, to track your all your successes? Oh, well, you can go to our websites. Mine is CandiceFleming.com and Eric's is... EricRoman.com. There yeah, we go. Yeah. And then your you have uh, some social media that... Uh, oh, Facebook. Twitter, which Instagram, is you're asking. There you go. <laughs> Gotta get out of social media. Oh my, you make my brain freeze here. Yeah, today. They, they can certainly track you down. Wow, I was just yeah. talking about old fashioned, and now we yeah. remember. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. No, he said old fashioned, not old. Yeah, <laughs> old fashioned, old fashioned. That's exactly right. All right. Uh, all right. Well, wonderful. We'll get all those messages out and post as well so people can follow uh, not only what's going on with the book, Strong Heart, Wonder Dog of the Silver Screen, as well as all your guys' uh, wonderful activities. Uh, congratulations once again. Wonderful book. Great success on it. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you guys again uh, when the next one comes out. Thanks, Tim. Well, it was really a delight to talk to you. And now I've got to go out into the cold with our strong heart, Oxford. Hey, who's on the dedication page? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you see a little, you'll see a little painting of it. So. 
Excellent. We'll take a look People at that. People who dedicate their books to dogs, huh? I've done that a few times. I'm guilty of that. That's for I sure. know. Dog lovers. <laughs> but thanks, Tim. Be well. Uh, all right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show uh, today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank our uh, producers and sponsors for making this show possible. Uh, if you have any questions, ideas, thoughts, or people you want to see on the show, you can always find us. We're at PetLifeRadio.com. Email us. Drop us a line. We'd be, uh, love to hear from you guys. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put it in a blog, an article, or in a book. And who knows? You may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Everybody have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.